Welcome to the Insurance Brokers Podcast with your host, Sarah Myerskoff. This business podcast is for ambitious brokers determined to grow their business. Our guests are highly experienced industry experts and innovators. This is the place to leverage their success, learn how to break through barriers to growth, and discover a community of support and ideas whilst growing your business. Welcome to this episode of the Insurance Brokers Podcast. On today's episode, we are delighted to be speaking to Adrian Saunders. Adrian is the Commercial Director for Ecclesiastical and has been doing a lot of work with their broker partners around understanding the specialist or generalist nature of their business and how this ties into placement strategies and overall growth strategies. Good morning, Adrian. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today. We are on a really quite wet, rainy uh, Friday where I am. Um, And I think we've got some interesting uh, topics to talk about. So I'm sure many, many people will know Adrian Saunders, Commercial Director of Ecclesiastical. Do you want to give us a bit of background, Adrian? Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Hi. Um, Yeah, of course. So um, I'm Commercial Director for Ecclesiastical. I'm responsible for our UK uh, intermediary business. Um, And as hopefully a lot of people will know, um, Ecclesiastical, we're a specialist insurer um, focusing on charity heritage education, uh, faith business, um, but also definitely not to forget um, writing private client real estate and uh, a significant amount of schemes business across the UK with with a whole range of different brokers. And how long have you been at Ecclesiastical? Uh, it'll be seven years coming up this summer, actually. So um, it's gone pretty quickly and we've achieved an awful lot in that time. Um, and I think we've still got a, a, a lot to achieve ahead of us as well. So, What's your background pre, pre seven years Ooh, ago? Oh, uh, pre seven years ago. So um, immediately before joining Ecclesiastical, I was at Marsh. Uh, and then before that, uh, Zurich, Hiscox... And companies that don't exist any longer, back, back, <laughs> back, back into the depths of time. <laughs> I think you could say that about quite a lot of uh, companies in our industry, given the amalgamation, consolidations, mergers, and everything that happens at a hugely fast pace. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so obviously a very varied background, really interesting. And I think um, the topic of this uh, podcast is quite specific, isn't it? Because we've had some pre-conversations around some work that you guys are doing at the moment. Do you want to tell us a bit about it and uh, see where we go? Yeah, so I've already said, right, so we're a, we're a specialist insurer. Um, that's, um, that, that's really important to us. Uh, I think it's really important to us because it gives us, gives us a place in the market. Uh, it makes our proposition very clear. Um, and I think uh, risk appetite and everything else sort of flows off of that. The thing we're interested in though, is um, how does that translate into the broker market? So we spend a lot of time talking about specialism and the importance of specialism. And we talk to brokers about you know, what they do and how specialist they are. So we're, we're focusing on that at the moment to get under the skin a bit more of that, to understand you know, what, what are um, brokers real drivers of being specialist? Um, how, how do they end up there? you know, in in whatever specialism they might be in, uh, what they see as their points of differentiation, um, how do they they maintain their knowledge, how do they maintain their their relevance and uh, knowledge of the sector that they're in, Um, and and how does that feed through 
into their placement strategy and you know how do they want to engage with the insurers that they work with and what's important for them from that aspect as well. I think that's a really interesting piece of work and I suppose in in the field that I work in we touch on that from a slightly different angle and it's all around your target market the focus what's in their in-tray that you need to be speaking to so that sort of idea of specialism or targeting focused is really really important what's your experience to date of 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 how brokers view that what do you think is going to come out of the sort of um the work that you're doing i think um i i I think we're going to i think we're going to see quite a a range of responses i'm not going to i'm not going to guess everything that's going to be in there um i think a a lot of brokers specialism will be generated from an interest will be generated maybe from a geographical location um it may be generated almost by by accident at some point in the past in terms of a client that's become another client that suddenly it's been, become a sector. So we're interested certainly to understand more about where that theme of specialism um, has come from. And equally, we're interested to understand the proposition piece, because ultimately, I think the specialist specialism topic does go back to to proposition. So. You know, if I'm if I'm a if I'm a generalist, what's 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 my what's my proposition? If I'm a take it away from insurance for a moment, right? So if I'm just that mid-range product on the shop shelf, what what what's my proposition? Why would you buy me? You would buy me if I was the expensive product because I'm a premium brand, and I get that. You might buy if I'm at the other end because I'm you know I'm cheap and I fit with the budget. But this product that gets in the middle, and I think it's exactly the same in the insurance, in the insurance market, whether it's insurers or brokers. If you're that product in the middle, that generous product, you've got to work really hard on, well, what's my proposition? And I think for insurers and for brokers who go down this specialism route, it's far clearer for them to have that very clear proposition: who my target customer is. What, what it is that I'm looking to deliver, what, what needs I'm looking to address from the customer's perspective. And I, I think a lot of it does link into that. I think you are 100% right. And I'm really interested to see what comes out of the, so it's a survey you're doing at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, so we've got um, we've got a survey in the field. It's been out for I think a couple of weeks now. Um, we've got a, a target level that we're, we're looking to get to, so that it's a, a, a qualitative um, sample that we can then uh, uh, use. Um, so the survey is um, you know it's covering those things. It's covering you know influence, knowledge, business advantages. Um, the regulatory angle as well, um, you know, how, how important is that? And then that lead into placement strategy. So um, we'll, we should have those, re- well, we will have those results hopefully back um, before the end of this month, be in May. Um, and then we'll have, have those to, to share more widely as we get into June. And I think um, for those people listening, the link to be able to participate in that survey will be in the show notes. And, um, you know, I'm sure uh, you guys and and for my interest, please do go click on the link. How long will it take somebody to complete? 
Oh, I think uh, it, it's a sort of five, 10 minutes tops. Go and put the kettle on, make a cup of tea or coffee, sit down, think about it, do it, enjoy your, enjoy your drink whilst you're doing it, and then you'll have it done. Um, but if, if people could do that, that'd be fantastic because, you know, the, the more responses we get from a breadth across the market, obviously the better, better and more representative of the research will be. And I think um, I think that research is really important for, you know, for the cross section of, of, of our market, but also actually the act of filling this in will be really helpful from the business perspective in just really defining what you're doing and why and perhaps any barriers to to, to try and jump to jump into a particular specialism and it might just start to get the cogs whirring in a different way so anybody listening highly recommend go fill this in have your cup of coffee and uh, let, let's see what what fabulous results come out of it and um, just on that that point can you tell me and it might sound like an odd question how do you define specialism that's a great question. Um, I think. I think. Can you can you say that you um, focus on a particular sector, a particular type of client? Do you focus on a particular type of need? So, um, I guess in the insurance context, you know, I'll pick one. So, are you a cyber specialist? You know, so that could cross. That could go across any number of business sectors. Um, so, is it? Yeah. Is it? Is it? The, is it defined at core? could be defined by the type of client or the type of cover or the type of service that you are providing I think um, and I think you can equally be be specialist in, in in a number of ways but certainly certainly in those ways. Some of the conversations I have often are um, around um, I'm going to use the word target rather than specialist uh, because it is a targeted geographical location and it's an SME um, aim. So, and I had a conversation earlier today about this exact topic. Being that 99% of, of commercial opportunities out there are VSME or SM, the smaller SME, um, within those, there are obviously particular specialisms, but an awful lot of uh, the smaller independent broker, their target is in a geographical SME location. Does that make any sense? It's an awful lot of waffle. Yeah, no, no, I get that. I get that. So, so if you are a community broker and if you are hearing all of the rhetoric around, actually, you should be a specialist in something, it doesn't matter what, just pick something and start to develop those relationships and that, that sort of brand, how do you go about doing it when you're, you're essentially a generalist in a geographically targeted area? Well, I guess first of all, um, look at what your look at what your skills, capability, and knowledge are. Um, so that, that I think that would be my, my first starting point. So you know what 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 attracts me, or what could I be a specialist in if I'm not already? And then what's my you know then what's my gap? So what else do I need if I really want to be a specialist in a particular product? service or client type what's my what's my gap and can i solve that um how accessible then is that as a so if i'm a community broker how accessible then is that client type to me um so you know and, and that could be dri driven on geography couldn't it so you know there'll be certain certain community brokers in certain geographies where um a particular client type 
is going to be really, really difficult for them to get to. So kind of why bother? Um, yeah. But equally, they might sit back and say, actually, yeah, there is something here. There is something in this uh, in this area, in this county, in this, you know, I don't know, sector of the of, of the UK. And I can see that and I could build on that. And actually, I can find the links to it. In, or actually, now I think about it, I've got the links to it. So I've got some networking links to it. Or I can identify the ways into that audience or or. And unlikely this will be that sort of moment of like, well, I didn't realise, but but it could be. Actually, I am part of that. I am, I am already part of that environment and that interest group through something that I do or through some knowledge that I've got. And I, I, I think from our research that that will be uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm anticipating um, a reasonable amount will link back to specialism being linked back to a particular interest interest or, or knowledge or involvement in a sector do you know i did some work with a client a while ago now where we sat around with their sales team and their senior management and we just did just a very silly piece of work about think of who your favorite client is and think of why you like them and we all wrote it down and um and and then we did the same for think of your worst client and uh, uh and why and what was so interesting was their favorite client across the board, all the sales team had a favorite client that was different, but in one particular industry. And it was, I mean, you don't get that that often, uh, but it was a real like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, we've really got something here that we didn't realize we had. And it was just that act of, you know, of, of thinking, having a bit of space to think and chat and um, and brainstorm. So that's really interesting. And I think the other thing that I would add to what you've just said is there is quite a key piece of work um, around the size of the prize. If you go and pick something uh, that you you know you might have the connections, you might have the um, interest. There is a piece of work that is probably quite useful to do around actually let's just do a bit of analysis about are there any major players if it's for example we did uh, one of we worked with somebody a while back who who had a brass brass band niche and they wanted to put a lot of money into marketing on a ppc level and just a very quick search showed that the number of searches versus the cost was was not going to be very helpful to them and how else do you find the, this particular niche so that kind of of sort of eye of the prize is quite a, a core yeah. piece of work as well yeah Which, yeah i think I, I think understanding what you know what what that population looks like before you know launching headlong into it is actually really important and you know there's um uh, I guess there's a potential that this conversation and the conversation about specialism leads us in the direction of schemes as well. Um, and, and we all know that there's a, you know, there's a graveyard of well-intended schemes that have never, that have failed. And, you know, they, they fail for a variety of reasons, but I think one of, one of the recurring themes is that due diligence piece or, or lack of due diligence at the outset. Great, great ideas, lots of enthusiasm, but the reality is something different. So yeah, I think yeah, I think some some good solid due diligence. And the other piece is data. Increasingly, is data. So I, a meeting that I've come from this morning, we've been we've been looking at um, the da da data, how we get better to data sets within the broker market, um, and the linkages we can make there towards specialism as well. Uh, so I, I wouldn't underplay the importance of that. I think data is so important. I was listening to a, um, I'm listening to an audio book at the moment um, 
by uh, Mo Gaudat, who was Google X's chief business officer. And one of the things he was talking about is how um, free within the Google X environment, people are with ideas and you can get senior management being sort of told they're wrong by a 20 year old and it's so open that it's 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 that kind of thing is encouraged and you can be in a room where everybody's got the enthusiasm about an idea and some of them you know can be conflicting but both equally valid and it's only the data that can then dampen any of that enthusiasm and, and redirect and I think there's a sort of a tendency uh when you're a, a business owner whether it's insurance or otherwise to get um you know, carried away with the enthusiasm and forget about the data. So I yeah. think what you're doing with this survey has so many interesting implications for how um, how we think about business and how we think about maybe the next five years strategy, whether you are somebody that's looking to um, sell eventually or whether you're on a growth drive and you want to acquire books of business and businesses and blah, blah, blah doing this little piece of work is so fundamental I think if you can do it with you guys then it, it'll help the wider audience but it might just get the brains whirring so please 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 go and uh, fill the survey in and uh, Adrian and I are hopefully going to be doing uh, another podcast in uh, you know after the results are in and you've done your analysis just to feed back to everybody what it says what your yeah. problems are Absolutely, Sarah. I'd love to come. I'd love to come back, and I'd love to share those results um, and talk around actually what what we found and what we can what we can draw out from uh, from from the survey. Absolutely, I think that'd be really really helpful, and perhaps we can turn that into a little bit of a sort of a, sort of a strategy session. Like this is what the results are in. If I'm if I'm a broker now, looking at what I'm looking at in the next five years, what would I be doing on on you know off the back of this? So, so I think that'd be really interesting, Adrian. Thank you yeah, very very much. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have enjoyed what you have heard, have any questions or feedback, please leave us a review and we will be sure to get back to you. If you would like further information on how Boston Tullis Group can support your business, or if you would like to join us on an episode, please do not hesitate to contact us.